0: Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 36 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, in with a solo episode today, all about weight maintenance. I'm going to share a story of how I learned that weight maintenance is actually really, really important. We're going to talk about exactly what weight maintenance is. I'm going to explain when and why you should consider chasing maintenance. And then I'm going to share some examples of skills that you need in order to maintain your weight. I think this is a really, really important topic that the nutrition world doesn't really talk about that much. I get it. It's not really that sexy. But ultimately, I think that learning about maintenance and learning how to maintain your weight over a long period of time is perhaps the most important food and nutrition skill that you can learn. So before we get into all of that, I have a couple of reminders about sane and simple nutrition. My signature six-week nutrition group coaching program is starting soon. If you're listening to this on the day that it's dropped, which is Wednesday, March 22nd, you have a few days still to get on the wait list. So the waitlist is going to close at the end of the day on Sunday, March 26. Now, the waitlist people are going to get access to the course next week. So I do cap the course. I don't let it get super huge because I want it to be an intimate group and I want people to feel safe in the group. So waitlist members are going to get first dibs and they're also going to get a discount on the course. Now, there's no obligation to sign up if you're on the waitlist, but if you are interested, I definitely suggest joining because of the discount and because of the early access. So all next week, waitlist members are going to have access to the course. And then the following week, starting Monday, April 3rd, I'm going to open it to the general public. And then at the end of that week, we're going to close enrollment. And then the course itself is going to begin on Monday, April 10th and run for the next six weeks. So I'll be talking more about this course over the next few weeks, especially if you follow me on Instagram. I've been sharing a lot of nutrition content. Obviously, today's podcast is also nutrition related. But if you're at all interested in learning how to lose weight and keep it off for life, change your eating habits without going crazy and following you know restrictive diets and doing all this absurd shit that so many people in the nutrition industry are telling you you need to do, this is the program for you. I've been through every fad diet pretty much. I haven't done the carnivore diet just because it was a little newer, so it happened after my fad diet phase. But anything that was around when I was in that phase, I tried. I had a lot of bad experiences, and I want you to avoid the same mistakes. And even if you don't care about losing weight, like, as a busy creative person, it can be really overwhelming to figure out how do I make this work when I'm running to rehearsals, I'm running to the studio and I'm working a full time job, I have a family, I have hobbies. I'm going to make it really simple for you and show you exactly what you need to focus on and then you can just ignore the rest and you know, you'll know, you feel better, right? You have less stuff to worry about and you're also going to get better results and feel a lot more calm and in control around food. So again, this is the last week to join the waitlist, but if you miss the waitlist, if you happen to listen to this later, that's okay. You can still join the course uh, as long as you sign up before Monday or Sunday, by end of the day on Sunday, April 9th, excuse me. So you know, stay tuned for a lot more information on that and definitely get yourself on the waitlist if you're interested. Okay, so let's talk about weight maintenance. For many years, I was actively trying to lose fat. I had a pretty hefty fat loss goal when I first began my fitness journey. I want to say it was like 80 or 90 pounds that I was trying to lose. Now, as a sidebar, my goal weight that I came up with was kind of arbitrary. And, you know, I don't even know where I got it from. It was just like a nice round sounding number. So, you know, you can take this uh, amount of weight that I wanted to lose with a grain of salt. But originally, the way that I would always pursue this goal is that I would just continuously diet And I would diet and diet and diet for months and months and months, literally six months at a time, eight months at a time. And what would eventually happen is at the end of the diet, I would just be so run down and so tired and so over it that I would always have some type of compensatory period. I would eat a lot more food. I would dive headfirst into all these forbidden and off-limit foods that I told myself I wasn't allowed to eat while I was dieting. And it was so hard to control myself and rein everything in just because I was really at the end of my rope. If you've dieted before, like seriously dieted, you know that it takes a huge toll on you. It takes a toll on you physically. You have trouble sleeping. You're hungry constantly. You have very low energy. Your workouts suffer. And then it takes a mental toll as well because you get really neurotic about food and you're constantly thinking about food and you're salivating when you walk past the drugstore and you see a candy bar and you start creating all these weird stories and circumstances in your head, like it can really be a trip. And I just thought like I should just keep beating myself over the head with these diets because I never quite got to my ultimate goal weight. And it took me so many years to realize that my approach was the whole reason that I wasn't successful long term. I was like I said doing really extended diets and I was never taking any time just to maintain my weight. In my head maintenance was failure because I was so fixated on this arbitrary goal weight and I thought like if I can't get there then I'm a failure. Never mind the fact that I had already lost a substantial amount of weight. And also, even though I've had a lot of ups and downs over the years, I never got back to my original heaviest weight. I've always been at least like 30 pounds below that. And 30 pounds weight loss is very substantial, right? It's nothing to snuff at. But I was so in my head about hitting these goals that I didn't take a step back to think, hmm, why am I not being successful? I thought that I was just weak or I had other problems or whatever. And it took me a really long time to realize that what I actually needed was to break up periods of dieting with periods of maintenance. I didn't really start doing this until I started using a different calorie tracking app that actually encouraged people to take this approach. So in the app, you can choose a two or three month diet, and then it encourages you. Excuse me, I mean, you can override the app, right? But it says, don't do this, take a maintenance phase. It wants you to take a maintenance phase that's equally long, if not longer, than the diet itself. So, if you do a two month diet, you're going to go into a two month maintenance phase. And then, if you want, you can continue maintenance beyond that, or you could pursue another two or three month diet. Now, if your mindset like me is, I have to get to my goal weight as fast as possible, this approach doesn't sound very appealing. But after you've had a lot of experience seeing that that approach doesn't really work, that approach meaning just continuously dieting and trying to get to your goal weight as fast as possible, you start to be open to trying something different, which is where I found myself. And so what I did was I did a, a two-month diet where I was put a really concerted effort. Uh, as a side note, in this diet, I was also, instead of trying to eat as little as possible, which is something else that I did in the past that only fueled this cycle of the diet making me feel really shitty... I was as active as possible and I tried to eat as many calories as I could while still being in a deficit. So I didn't slash calories dramatically, I I only cut them a little bit. The first two month diet was successful, I was able to lose a certain amount of weight, it was not the full amount of weight that I wanted to lose, but that was okay, I said I'm going to take a different approach because what I'm doing clearly isn't working. And so I did this maintenance phase, and honestly, the first maintenance phase totally sold me on this whole thing. I got to eat more food, so automatically I felt less hungry, I felt less stressed around food, I had better workouts, I had better sleep, and it was just nice to not have to focus on dieting for a little while. I had energy and attention that I could devote to other things in my life that needed them. Again, if you've ever dieted before, you know that after a certain point, it just drains you so much and it does make it very difficult to show up well in other areas of your life. So for me, I, you know, I had these two months where I was eating more food. I was feeling good. I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And then I was only sold further when I did an additional diet. And then I went on a maintenance phase after that, which lasted even longer. So one of the reasons why this is so effective is that, you know, you push it to lose weight, like you do have to challenge yourself physically and mentally, but then it's a short push. So it doesn't really take as much out of you. And then when you increase your calories and maintenance, it helps to reset your metabolism a little, which means that the next time you try to lose weight, you're not going to have to cut calories quite as much. Like I said, it gives you much better workouts. It lets you show up better and feel better in your daily life. These periods are honestly magical if you can embrace them. The other thing that's really, really important to understand is that, well, a few things. So first of all, maintenance is the ultimate goal. I really think that this is a mindset issue. We think, especially if we've been dieting or we've struggled with fat loss goals, we think losing fat is the goal. But like, take a step back and think about this for a second. You're not going to be dieting your entire life. Ideally, you're going to hit your goal weight and then you're just going to coast more or less at that goal weight. But what actually happens in practice is that most people gain the weight back. And this is why you hear these kind of fishy stats like 95% of diets fail. That's a conversation for another time. But the reason why this happens is twofold. First of all, being in maintenance requires a different set of skills than losing fat. And we're going to talk about some of those skills at the end of this episode. But like you, especially if you've struggled with your weight all your life, like, can you honestly expect that you're going to lose weight and then just maintain it without any effort? Like the habits that you had built throughout your whole life are what got you to a place where you said, I want to lose weight. And you haven't spent any time building habits that allow you to maintain your weight. It requires a separate set of skills. And if you're not practicing them At least to some extent, while you're trying to lose fat, it's pretty unrealistic that once you hit your goal weight, you're just going to be able to implement them immediately. I think we don't appreciate how much goes into maintaining weight, especially if we're not someone who's done it naturally. Now, of course, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that is really great at regulating how much food you eat and you've always been able to maintain your weight, obviously this conversation is not for you. But that's the ideal that we're working towards and it does require some effort maintenance too, like it's not a failure, right? If you think of it as I'm using this period of maintenance to make myself more successful for a future fat loss diet, or also like I'm using this period of maintenance to focus on other things in my life that are important to me, like how can that be considered failure? I think we really need to detach from some of these arbitrary goal weights and standards that we set for ourselves and start to think more big picture. So There are a few times that I encourage people to use maintenance. The first is one that we've been talking about now, and this is the approach that I use myself, and then I use with any client who's trying to intentionally diet as opposed to like, oh, we're just trying to build healthier habits. Some of that stuff is just ongoing. But if you're intentionally dieting, you're counting calories, you're getting in a deficit, I encourage you to do two to three months of dieting. You could even do one, to be honest, but let's say one to three months, followed by a period of intentional maintenance that's equally long, if not longer than the diet. So if you diet for two months, you're going to do at least two months of maintenance after the diet. Using this has been such a game changer for my success and also for the success of my clients. Yes, it will take you longer to achieve your ultimate goal, but you are a lot more likely to actually stay there once you arrive, and also you're going to be way less miserable along the way. So to me, the longer timeline is a totally worthwhile trade-off to have better lasting success and a better time on the diet. Another time that I encourage people to consider maintenance is if you are someone who feels like you've been dieting forever, right? You've been doing all the things, you've been working really hard, you've been up and down, and you just don't have a lot of success and you're feeling frustrated. I think a lot of times these people would do better to actually put their fat loss goals on the shelf for a while. And there are a couple reasons why. One is that repeated yo-yo dieting can kind of down-regulate your metabolism. So you're gonna have to eat fewer calories to see success, which is not a place that we wanna continue to get into. So having a period of maintenance where you're eating more and letting your body adjust back up a little bit is gonna help you down the road if you do decide to pursue fat loss again. And the other thing is like, you know, if you have been dieting a lot and, and there's not, it's not going well for you, like something's going on and just continuing to beat yourself over the head with these diets and trying to shame yourself and will yourself into success is clearly not working. And so I think it makes sense to give your brain and body a break and either focus on other things I'm going to talk more about how we can use performance goals and maintenance in a second, but that's a great example. Like instead of being going to the gym because you're obsessed with being smaller, you know, maybe you eat a little bit more food and you see how strong you can get at the gym or how fast you can improve your run times or something like that. And, you know, it'll give you more space to look deeply and say, like, why am I trying to lose fat in the first place? What's keeping me from getting where I want to go, like what are some of the maybe mental, emotional, and even spiritual challenges that I haven't really addressed? That stuff's really hard to get to the bottom of when you're still trying to diet. And a lot of times, continuing to just push and push and push leads to a dark place with disordered eating habits and a whole host of other things that you absolutely want to avoid if possible. I'm speaking from experience with that one. So, Another time to use maintenance is like, let's say you do have a fat loss goal, but you're being honest with yourself. You're not in a place to pursue it right now. Like I've said several times in this episode, trying to lose fat intentionally, it's not easy. I mean, it's simple, but it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of energy. It's stressful on your body and on your brain. And if you're crushing it with a really busy season where you're like taking auditions or you have a bunch of gigs or you have a bunch of shows or you have to prepare for a big presentation, a busy time at work, families going on vacation, like whatever. Those are bad times to pursue fat loss because you're setting yourself up for failure, either with your fat loss efforts or with those other things that require a lot out of you. It's totally fine to say, you know what, I'd love to lose some pounds, but I'm just not in a place to do that right now. I honestly think there's a lot of freedom in that. Improving your eating habits, getting in shape, like those things, there's so much more involved in them than this relentless pursuit to be smaller. Yes, I'm a fat loss coach. I've had a lot of positive experiences from fat loss myself, but that's not the only way to see benefits in your life from fitness and nutrition. So whether you decide like indefinitely I'm going to put this goal on hold and focus on other things or if you say you know what I have a really busy three months and then after that things quiet down and that's when I'm going to diet you know any of those situations that's a perfect time to pursue maintenance and practice building these weight neutral skills that will allow you to maintain your weight The final piece of like people that should be in maintenance are people with performance goals. This is something that I didn't think that much about until I had performance goals myself. When I was going to New Zealand, I was doing a lot of intense training. And then in this year, 2023, I've been adding a lot of swimming to the mix as I prepare for an open water swimming race. Like this type of training takes a lot out of you. And I have had so many years of bad workouts because I was dieting, and I don't want to feel that way if my real goal, my most important goal, is to improve my performance in some way. So whether you're training for your own backcountry hiking adventure, whether you are entering an endurance race or a Tough Mudder or something like that, or whether you just say, you know what, I want to get strong as fuck at the gym. Those are all times to increase your calories to maintenance so that you have enough fuel for your workouts. You can think of yourself a little bit as an athlete. Athletes are not intentionally dieting when they are in their peak season preparing for their event or competition. Maybe they're dieting in the off season. And I'm certainly not talking about like wrestlers and bodybuilders and people who have to cut weight. Like that's a whole extreme separate thing. But like if you are an in-season athlete, like you're trying to eat as much as possible because you're training a lot and you want to recover from it. So even though you're not an athlete, if you have a performance goal, or maybe, you know, maybe you do consider yourself an athlete. I don't want to count you out there. You know, you. Sh- I don't think you should be dieting, full stop. I think that you should eat plenty of food, fuel your training, and then if you have a fat loss goal, make that be the primary thing. Don't tack your fat loss goal onto your marathon goal or onto your hiking goal or onto your setting a PR goal because it's just not going to go very well. So in the last part of this episode, I want to share some examples of skills that we need to maintain our weight. So real quick, let me just say that maintenance doesn't mean staying the exact same weight for the rest of time. I encourage you to pick a range. If you're a smaller person, you know, maybe three pounds above and three pounds below a certain weight. If you're a larger person, maybe five or six pounds, you know, it's kind of arbitrary. But your weight is gonna fluctuate, that's normal. What we wanna to see to know that we're in maintenance is that over time, our average weight is staying between that range. So don't obsess about like being, you know, 175 pounds every single day for the rest of your life or whatever the number is. Pick a range, pick a kind of where you are right now and just see if you can keep your weight within that range a little above and a little below. So in order to do this, we need specific skills. And some of these skills are kind of generic and they also help with fat loss and muscle building, but some of them I think are more specific to weight maintenance. So obviously there are a lot of things that I could say. I'm just going to give you some of the examples that I think are most important to consider. So if you are currently losing fat, it's a perfect time to start building some of these skills where relevant. And if you're like, you know what, I just want to be in maintenance right now, pick one or two of these things to focus on and see how it affects your results. So a really, really big part of maintenance is learning to honor our natural hunger and fullness cues. And going along with that, I'm just going to tell you the second one, too, since they're related. We want to learn how to control portions and how to control our food intake without needing to count calories or macros or use food tracking. Now, this is one of the biggest differences between fat loss and weight maintenance. In fat loss, a lot of times we need to track food in order to hold ourselves accountable and get an honest picture of how much we're eating. But I don't really think that counting calories and macros is something that people should do forever. If you are so reliant on those numbers and it becomes like a crutch, you know, that's not a great, that's not a sign that you have a great relationship with food. Part of maintenance is feeling more relaxed about food, listening to your body, and trusting that you can understand what it's telling you. If you have not spent any time, you know, paying attention to your hunger or paying attention to how full you feel during, after, and between meals, now is a great time to start that. We want to wait to eat until we do feel a little bit hungry, but we also don't want to wait until we're so starving that we could eat our own arm. And then when we're eating, we don't want to eat... To the point where we're unbuttoning our pants because we're so full. We want to recognize those first signs of fullness and potentially stop our meal there. And when we can use these two cues, that's going to help us monitor how much food we eat. Unless our appetite is really dysregulated, which which does happen and might require you to go speak with a doctor, if you spend time um, paying attention to these cues and also if you eat a diet that's mostly whole foods, protein, fruits, vegetables, grains, you know, your body is going to tell you when it's time to eat and when you've had enough food. But this takes practice. I really like journaling for this. So you can check in with yourself a few times during the day or perhaps around meals using a 1 to 10 scale uh, rating hunger and also rating fullness. Just start to observe like, am I waiting too long to eat? Am I eating when I'm not really hungry? And then, you know, am I eating when I'm to the point where I'm super full or am I stopping when I've had about 80 or 90 percent full? Start paying attention and start seeing if you can wait to eat and stop eating sooner if you start to get full. If you are trying to transition away from counting calories and macros, all of that still applies. I also encourage you to just do it gradually. So, Most of the time when we've been in a diet for a while, we we start to eat the same handful of meals, which I'm actually a big fan of. I think it's really helpful. But one way to sort of ease off calorie counting is like instead of counting all your meals one day, maybe there's one meal that you don't count and you just make it from memory. Or maybe there's a whole day of the week that you don't count and you just make your regular meals. I think that's the easiest way to do it. That's what I did. I had all these meals that I was making for breakfast or for lunch and you know, they were the same like every day. I did not need to count the calories because I had made them hundreds and hundreds of times. So I just stopped counting them. And then I started to incorporate also this hunger and fullness stuff. So if I ate a meal and, you know, I was like, I'm still hungry, maybe I would eat a little bit more. Or if I made a meal and I was like, you know what, I'm actually kind of full, I would just pack up the leftovers for later. So these two skills working in tandem are so important because if we want to maintain our weight, what's really important is that we we can't eat too much or too little. you know We can't be way overeating because that's gonna lead to weight gain. And we also don't wanna see a lot of unintentional weight loss because that can be a sign of health issues. You know, If you're not trying to lose weight and you are losing weight and you're not sure why, that's not really a great thing either. So portion control for maintenance is all about finding that middle and getting more in touch with your own body and how much food you need without needing these numbers or tracking systems. So another thing that's really, really important for maintenance is working towards not having off-limit foods and learning how to eat, treat foods without going off the rails. So for me personally, when I was stuck in this constant diet mode, this is one of my Achilles heels because I would say, you know, you can't have this food. You can't have it. You can't have it. And then as soon as I was having a bad day or I decided, you know, fuck it, I'm not dieting anymore, I would just go eat as much of that food as I possibly could. And it was this combination of putting the food on the pedestal and saying, you can't have it, that's bad, and also not having any practice with eating it in a small amount that led to these binges. Um, There were other things involved in the binging as well, but I think it's really important to, as you're losing weight, not just put all foods that you like to eat off limits, because it fuels this cycle where like you're not having, you're not having, you're white knuckling it, and then you're having all of it. What we want is to practice having reasonable small amounts of it and then just putting it away and going on with our day. And this is a skill that requires a lot of practice. And honestly, it requires some courage. Because I think a lot of us are living in fear of these foods. And I empathize because like I said, that was me. But you're never going to get to a point where I mean, this seems self explanatory, right? But you're never going to get to a point where you can just have like one or two pieces of pizza and not eat the whole pizza or I don't know, one or two cookies and not having a whole sleeve of cookies if you don't practice eating one or two cookies and one or two pieces of pizza. So in maintenance, you know, one of the great things is we have flexibility to eat more calories, eat more food, and that can include more space for treats. So we want to practice eating those things and not going off the rails. This ties in with the previous point because it is important to pay attention because some of these highly processed treat foods, they're not going to fill you up the way that eating a steak or an apple or a bowl of rice will. So paying attention to how they affect your hunger and understanding like how much of them can I eat before I start to feel a little crazy around them is a really great skill to develop. So I have two more skills for you. They're kind of blanket skills like the others. The uh, first is any food skill that doesn't Require like fat loss specific stuff. So, this would be stuff like meal planning, grocery shopping, cooking, ordering at restaurants, all of the real world food skills that allow you to create meals and order meals on the go. These things still apply when you're in maintenance, and they're really important if you want to have a life where you're going out and doing things and also a life where you're not like constantly scrambling because you don't have any food at home and you don't know how to plan for your meals for the week. So all of those skills are super important. They of course help in fat loss as well, but there's a little bit of a difference in maintenance again because we maybe have a little more flexibility and a little more freedom to pay attention to, you know, how much is enough, what foods make me feel good, what foods kind of don't make me feel good and building our diet around those. And then the final piece is exercise. So a lot of people, when they hit their fat loss goals, they kind of stop working out because they're not as motivated. And then, of course, that contributes to them gaining weight back again. I really think that we want to build a lasting exercise habit. Now, this doesn't mean that you're always doing the same workouts or even training the same number of days per week. Like everything else in life, you'll have periods where you can go a little harder at the gym and periods where you're just in maintenance mode and checking the box but we want to see that long-term consistency. And like I said earlier, maintenance is a great time to shift gears and chase more performance goals, especially things like training for an event or trying to get stronger. Now we could even try to build muscle and have a little bit of body recomposition, which is basically where you lose a little fat and gain a little muscle at the same time. That can be a little difficult for people, especially um, anyone who's not a beginner. But I, I, I put that out there because if you're truly interested in really building muscle, then you're going to actually have to go into a caloric surplus and eat more food than you need, which is a whole separate set of goals and skills. So if you're in maintenance, you know, train hard, move as much as possible, do things that you love, but don't let exercise slip just because you're not trying to lose fat. I really think that The older I get, the more I think that exercise is so important and honestly, even more important than food because it does different things for us. It connects us with other people. It helps us feel inspired. It gives us purpose. And as you get older, if you are not taking the time to move your body, to build strength and stay active, those abilities are going to slip away from you and they can be really difficult to get back. So I encourage you that if you're in maintenance and you're looking for something else in fitness and nutrition, like really hammer that fitness piece. Find something that lights you up, find something that motivates you, get super strong, like those are great opportunities to use those extra calories. So I am going to start wrapping this up. I hope this is helpful for you. I think the big takeaway here is that We need to spend more time in maintenance. We need to understand that maintenance is the ultimate goal, right? Like, even if you want to lose fat, you want to maintain those results, right? And if we want to get there, we have to spend time practicing and building the relevant skills. I um, encourage you to join the waitlist for sane and simple nutrition if you're interested in fat loss or in maintenance, because I cover both of them in the course. I kind of start off with speaking about fat loss and then as the course goes on we transition into speaking more of these weight neutral skills and maintenance skills. But I really think they go hand in hand and I do not think that enough coaches are talking about this. We're so obsessed with the 12-week whatever before and after and the fat loss but we're not paying attention to all of the people that are really struggling to maintain those results. And I know because I was one of them. So if you are tired of you know, going up and down on this yo-yo diet or if you don't want to diet at all and you want to just feel good and have energy and train hard, maintenance is going to help you so much. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram. My DMs are open. I really love hearing from you and I always respond to everybody who reaches out. My handle is just my name at Caroline Jester. Should be easy to find. If you have suggestions for a future episode or you have a guest that you want me to interview anything at all, please drop it in my DM. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.